0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to our show today. My name is John Drummond or Yang Howwan.
1: Hello to NG Angela
0: We have a great episode for you today with my cousin from New Zealand, and he is actually going to be the host interviewing me. So the guest today will be John Drummond, who is known around the Taiwanese community as Yang Howwan.
1: 没错,因为我们其实一直都有收到要防御状的要求,所以今天在节目的两周年纪念呢,他就借着在防疫隔离期间做他一人分饰两脚的浩恩特级,来一场他的生活大解密,让各位听众朋友来更认识认识主持人。That's
0: right. So, like I said, this is a fun little tease. Of an episode. So I'm going to be my cousin Mason, who is from New Zealand, and I'm going to interview myself. So, a little bit about me I am American. I have been living around the world for over 10 years now and in Taiwan for a little over five years. I work in tech as an entertainer, I work in the music industry, I organize events. I love people, traveling, language, and so much more. So yeah, let's get right into it. So everyone, please welcome my cousin and host of Njengwen, John. Ha <laughs> ha! What's up, Mason? Yeah! How's it, Johnny boy? It's good to see you. Thank you for doing this, my man. This is quite a fun little experience, as yeah, you are getting to be the host of Engineering We today and interviewing me, so uh yeah, take it away, all right, Johnny, yeah bro, well, man, it's so fun. This is a cool little idea that you had is I just got here as as you mentioned earlier from New Zealand, yeah, I live in the south of New Zealand on the North Island in a place called Wellington. Fun fact is a lot of people don't know that that's actually the capital of New Zealand. A lot of people think Auckland is the capital, but yeah, the southern part of the North Island, Wellington, is uh, is home. So, John, why don't you start it off? Can you give a little self-introduction about yourself? I decided to start traveling the world and have lived mostly in Asia, India, Thailand, Vietnam, traveling all over throughout that time. But I came to Taiwan for a surfing trip. The plan was to live here for uh, three months on a tourist visa and then move to Japan and figure it out from there. I kind of was just bouncing around different places and, you know, surfing, snowboarding, backpacking all over, and usually teaching English or teaching science along the way. As my degree was in uh, elementary education, so came to Taiwan, was surfing, and decided to stay because I adopted two puppies. And the story of that is quite a long story, a little sad, but a beautiful story for changing the course of my life. As there was a typhoon, and it killed, unfortunately. Uh, Some siblings of these two puppies, and I decided to adopt my two dogs that I currently have, Jackson Nala, and start a life here. And so that's kind of been my journey for the past five years in Taiwan, raising them. They also are raising me, as it's taught me so much about responsibility and growth because I was just a free bird just traveling wherever I wanted to travel to I had no real responsibilities and so yeah just been kind of learning how to be a better man through my two dogs the doggos oh and Nola so many great photos of them yeah wow yeah now I love how you talk about responsibility because I think about you when you were a lot younger you were you were quite a selfish guy (laughs) just a lot of free roam in the world free bird as you said yeah and yeah you know you just you would cruise around do whatever you wanted and come and go as you pleased so yeah it's uh the responsibility being land is something very very interesting so take us through a little bit then John, about your work experience yeah you know, you've been doing all kinds of different things. I think you do music work, you do entertainment, you work for an education technology company. Just take us through everything. What do you do? Very true. I, I do many things. A lot of people, especially my family, kind of, they have no idea what I do. They're like, oh, yeah, he he works kind of in tech, but he does entertainment, music, and that's really kind of a design that I've been trying to set up through my life, unintentionally, to be honest. Um But I knew I had many different interests, and I wanted to try to kind of tie them all together so one job can feed into another. And I found kind of a nice little balance here in Taiwan. So... My main job is with an education technology company called Xi Pingfang, which is kind of the mother company of this show and Ji And my CEO and founder, Charlie, is, is kind of my, my brother from another mother. And yeah, he just believed in me and knew that if I kept doing entertainment, so acting, voice acting, and, and modeling and stuff like this, it might open up different doors for our company. So he allowed me to do this, and I also did uh, and still do music work, tour management. So I bring mostly DJs, around the world to travel with them for shows and, and set up gigs for them. And yeah, I work with two partners for TEDxNehu And so we set up, we've had two events now, usually in December for TEDxNehu Those are kind of the, the main things that I do right now. And obviously with COVID, music work and entertainment has slowed down a lot. So I've been focusing more on, you know, how we can grow our ed tech company as everything's online with that. And jumping more into personal projects too, which are tech heavy, but yeah, focusing more on blockchain technology and cryptocurrency. Sure. All right, Johnny. Yeah. Now that's quite interesting. Yeah, you're a busy man, eh? Taiwan has been good to you. Yeah, you've, you've grown a lot. I can see you're quite a different man now. So a question I think you like to ask on this show is, uh, what does the future look like for John? <laughs> yeah, the future for myself is bright. Um, You know, I've always been one to kind of embrace change and welcome new challenges. And so yeah, so life could kind of take me all over the place. I have... Been finding myself much more interested, as I just mentioned, in blockchain and crypto and just kind of understanding what the future might hold for that. I kind of like to think of it as kind of what the Internet was to the early 90s and 2000s, really, and just seeing that there's so many possibilities with it and how it can really bring a lot of new industry and new work into the world. I love what I'm doing right now, so continuing to build all those aspects up and just continue to have more of a global impact. I think if I really am true to myself, what drives me the most is getting to share other people's stories and working with other people and helping them find what really works for them. I'm kind of an introverted extrovert, (laughs) so I love my alone time, but I get a lot of energy from other people. And seeing them reach their full potential gives me a lot of joy. So as I develop myself in my career, I want to make sure that I am still honing in on, you know, what it means to have global impact through investments, through working with companies and growing kind of my network. Oh, yeah, man. You know, we love a good investment. (laughs) Working on the future. Sweet as sweet as.
1: 听完访谈的上半段啊比人多以外其实他也有很多自然美景 好那刚才John他不是有讲到说 bird跟片语 Bounce Freebird应该很容易可以推敲 就是像一只自由自在的小鸟那样子到处飞到处溜达嘛或者有时候其实也可以像他这位特别的咬哥 around，同样也可以表达这个意思。另外，John他不是也想要说，因为领养两只狗狗的关系，对他的人生价值观有很大的影响吗？在养他们，在陪他们长大的同时，John其实自己也在跟着长大，学会了责任跟担当的重要。好，讲到这部分的时候，他说因为领养的关系，it changed the course of his life 好,就是说改变了他当时整个人生的发展过程 Course 在這邊有進展, 所以 the course of his life 一般的用法, the course of 什麼什麼, 常常會搭配這些詞, in, 一起用, the course of 在什么什么过程的意思跟 during in the course of the interview in the course of his life 这种用法呢把它学起来再来他们提到的是 好,开玩笑了,讲到这段呢,他用了一个很有趣很道地的俚语,来形容跟我们西平方创办人Charlie的关系,大家我们来学一下,brother from another mother,好,这俚语呢,字面上是另外一个妈妈给他生的兄弟,但其实就是在表达感情像亲兄弟一样的好朋友。也想当初我第一次听到这个鲤语的时候啊其实是在看电影尖锋时刻
0: Well, mate, if we can then switch gears a little bit, as I think you like to say on the show, do you want to go into kind of the story of John coming to Taiwan and what kept you here? Yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned, Taiwan was a travel destination at the time. I came here to surf uh, and a lot of people are very confused by that. They're like, you know, my Taiwanese friends are like, Taiwan has surf? (laughs) Of course, you know, a lot of them do know it has surf, but it doesn't seem to be A surfing destination, such as like Bali, you know, in Indonesia or Hawaii might have. But I was living in Asia already for about four or five years at that time. And I had done a lot of kind of the typical surf traveling. And I ran into a guy on a motorcycle trip in Vietnam and he kind of mentioned that Taiwan had some fun surf on the East Coast and there was just a really beautiful vibe to the Taiwanese culture. He said it was very safe, just really welcoming and and fun. So yeah, so I decided to come and check it out and, and take a surf trip and I found myself arriving and staying in Ilan and was there and just kind of helping out a surf hostel. Shout out to my boy Garrett at Rising Sun Surf it's now called California Surf I believe but he was the first one that I met I met him online at the time when I was in Vietnam and just was like hey can I come stay with you you know <laughs> blah, blah 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 and he was just like yeah dude just you know book a room it, it was a hotel hostel but I had other plans my plan was when I arrived I was going to ask him if I could teach surf lessons in exchange for a bed so I wouldn't have to pay (laughs) to stay and yeah that kind of worked out for a while I was kind of teaching surf lessons on the beach and they were allowing me to sleep in a bed and giving me a few meals per day so you know it was a good way for me to kind of do like a work exchange and that was always kind of my style just you know find myself in some random country and you know how can I either save money or make a few bucks and then go to a new place but i decided to stay when i found my dogs and adopted them and then i was like okay now i have two dogs that i just decide to adopt well john now you can't travel now you need to become more responsible and what does that mean well i need to get it now you know an arc i needed a visa to stay in the country i needed a real job and yeah that's when you know i kind of fell back on my english teaching experience and all my teaching experience that i had back in the states and all around asia and so i found a job in Elon city was a, a you know cram school teacher for about a year until i decided to move to taipei and the reason i moved to taipei was because At the time, I never wanted to live in a big city. I was always just, you know, I'm a beach boy at heart. And I met two guys, Fabio and Tordin, who have both been on the show, my dear, dear friends. And they lived in Taipei, but, you know, they always took trips to nature. And they were like, you know, Taipei's got a great vibe. It can be city if you want to, but it also, you can get to nature. And there's a good group of people there doing a lot of fun things. And so I went up there and kind of joined in this beautiful little community that was building these fun, you know, events, kind of Burning Man style events. They were doing these kind of, you know, pop-up parties, music parties. And so I got involved with that and then started working, you know, just different little events around, around Taipei and the music scene um, at Omni nightclub and just, you know, started to kind of fall in love with the music scene. And so, you know, that whole journey kind of took off from there. But, you know, I needed to be legal. So I still needed to be working in Taipei under a proper visa because all of that work was just, um, you know, it was more for experience and just a network effect at that time. And that's when I was doing some voiceover work for my current company, but they were building some apps and they needed a, you know, just a standard English, like American English accent for their app. And so I started working with their team and ended up meeting the founder. And I was just like, do you have any, do you have any way that I could work for you? You know, full time I'll do anything. He's like, do you have business experience? And I was like, no. Um, but I was like, you know, I've been a teacher for years. I'm great with people. Can you take a chance on me? You know? And, you know, obviously we had known each other for a few months already at that point. So it wasn't so like, who's this random kid? Um, it was more like, okay, I see you have some, some capabilities. Yeah. And he took a chance. And so I started kind of helping them, um, do content and all their media direction. So I was, you know, writing scripts and I was filming and acting in their content because, the content the company would use at the time was all on YouTube. And we wanted to create more of our own content in house. And so I got to be kind of in charge of that and do the editing and everything. And it kind of took off from there. And so yeah, that was about, you know, three and a half years ago. Now I've been full time with that company. And it's just been a beautiful journey ever since. Oh, it's beautiful, John. Awesome, mate. Well, can you share a little bit then about your language journey? I know you've lived in India, you've, You've lived in Thailand, you've lived all over the place, and kind of where does language play into this? Language for me really started, I'd say, with Spanish, as, you know, the first experiences I had with a foreign language were going into Mexico when I was growing up, um, which is right below San Diego, where I grew up in California, and going surfing. And, you know, we would just go across the border and surf and get tacos and have just a great time. And so Spanish was kind of the first language that I was exposed to. At the time, though, I didn't understand the impact of learning another language. You know, I knew it was fun and it was easier to communicate if I could speak some Spanish. But I I didn't have the vision to see, you know, what would a second or third language really allow me to do. And that didn't start then until I went to Thailand and I started speaking more Thai as I lived out there. And I just was realizing just the experiences you have with the local community. You know, of course, living in another country, you can always find people who speak English or your own language. But the experiences you have when you start to engage with locals in the local language are incredible and it just opened up so many, you know, incredibly wild and fun and beautiful experiences and that was kind of the mindset i had when i came to taiwan was i was living in ilan and other than the small amount of foreigners that live in ilan, you know, who were surfing or just teaching out there, not a lot of the locals were speaking english. So, you know, you're you're forced more to to kind of adapt and and speak Chinese. And yeah, I just, you know, I dove in and and just taught myself. I never took classes and, you know, I'm not fluent by any means, but I'm conversational. And, and it was all because I just, you know, started reading um, textbooks that my friends would give me from local universities and just focusing on, you know, repetition and getting, like base vocabulary and building from there. I had a foundation of you know a hundred words that I knew were solid, and how I could grow it out from there. I, I used to think about kind of like um, like planets. Is you know uh, the core is my my base vocabulary. You know just the the foundation of the language. You know, a lot of pronouns, just simple verbs and stuff like that. And then you build out stuff you don't use as much, but it's more important to things I like to do. For example, surfing, the music industry, traveling. So this was all ways I could better express myself. I don't know who said it, but a quote that I love and kind of inspiration for starting NG Ingwen was when you speak to someone in their first language, you speak to their heart but when you speak to them in their second or third or fourth language, you're speaking to their brain. And that really resonated with me as I want to speak to somebody's heart. <laughs> and, you know, I want to connect with them on on a personal level. And so speaking the mother language was, you know, to someone else is, is the way to do that. Ah, oh, you cheeky bugger. Yeah, you do love a good quote, hey? Beautiful. Now, I should say, speaking to someone in their first language is speaking to their heart, and then speaking to someone in their second language, a third, a fifth, sixth, is speaking to their brain. Yeah, it's very cultural. I like that. Yeah. Well, John, it's been a pleasure to let me host your show, but the question that you asked me to end with, because you're leading the show here as I just talk, is still been. uh you know, could you go back and talk to a younger John and share some advice with him about life, language, work, travel, anything? Yeah, you know, it's the question I love to ask people and um, and go deep with them about if they want to. But I think it all starts with myself and um, the advice that I would give to my younger self would be to let go, to kind of trust the process and trust that all the things that I have gathered all the life experience has given me a lot of experience to handle whatever life throws at me. When I was younger, even though I was very free and just kind of did what I wanted, I was still very controlling, not in a toxic way, but just, you know, I wanted to be in control of things. You know, I wanted to be capable. I wanted to seem like I had it under control. And As I've gotten older, I've learned a lot of kind of tough lessons and it just showed me that to let go and trust the process and enjoy the ride, the more I find myself enjoying the ride of life, enjoying the people I'm meeting, enjoying all the experiences, the more happy I am and the more I am able to share um, that positive energy. So yeah, so to my younger self, let go, trust the process, you're more capable than you know. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, the the letting go aspect. I know you did. You did love to control things, hey? <laughs> you were a control freak when, when you were young, and yeah. All right. Well, uh, where can people find you on all the social sites, all the sh- social media as the kids call it? Are you on TikTok? No, no. So you can find me on Instagram or Facebook, John Drummond 89 or just search Young Haun. Taiyang the Young, Hao Tian, and Un, and you should find me. All right, Jono. Well, next time you'll have to interview me, your cousin Mason, but it's been awesome to get to talk to you and catch up and share some of your story. And thank you for letting me host the show here on uh, NG Ingwen. Yeah, Mason. Well, thank you for for leading the show today, man. Uh, It was very, very fun, and hopefully, you know. People get a kick out of this (laughs) Are we twins? Are we brothers? Are we cousins? Is it the same person? Nobody knows Sweet as sweet
1: as Yeah, sure, peace 那就像刚才说的,他那时候来纯粹是为了冲浪,没错,我们台湾也是有好浪可以冲的好吗? 不过他说回来当初他决定要来台湾的故事也是蛮有趣的 大家记不记得刚刚John说那时候姻缘集会下 在越南的一场重机之旅中 像他讲说东部地区有一种beautiful vibe vibes或是positive vibes 好,相反的一个人低气压笼罩散发出来的负能量 vibes 好, 相反的, 好特别的是呢这个字vibe在口语中还有一种当动词的用法 拿梳子当麦克风开唱的话, 就可以说, 哦, 没干嘛, I'm just, I'm just <笑> 好那年纪轻轻刚来到台湾的John原本是在宜兰的一间重浪店叫重浪打工换宿 那也是因为这样子才跟我们CP方大佬Charlie 那节目最后呢,这样也想劝劝以前的自己,凡事呢,学着放宽心,看开点就可以了。trust the process,相信事情发展的过程都有它的道理在就够了。ass,非常非常好用,不过你现在要说,嗯? 或是超赞的甚至是谢谢跟不客气等等都可以用它来表达是不是超好用 好啦,那希望大家都有从这一次的内容学到一些东西 Thanks brother, I appreciate it Bye everyone,
0: peace